0: Good
1: day, and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy?
0: Coomer, expectations are running high. Uh, The people up in Oxford are... Do they even care? Do they even know they have a football team anymore? Uh, Once Ben Roethlisberger left, was there anything to really cheer for? Jaeger Stadium, is that still a place... Uh, it doesn't matter. It's going to be absolutely destroyed. Uh, I think the game's at Cincinnati. I don't even know. It is a great day
1: to be a Cincinnati Bearcat football fan. Indeed, the game is at Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. But nonetheless, Hummer, I think the stadium might be compromised after the after this beatdown we're about to put on Miami, Ohio this week. Good to be potting again. We're also joined for this episode. Our final preseason episode of the offseason the longest offseason ever it feels like we are back the councilman is back joe barnett ladies and gentlemen is back on the podcast to talk do our final preseason wrap up talk about our expectations joe how are you feeling buddy it's a great
2: day to be a bearcats football fan
1: indeed it is Gentlemen, I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to get into kind of the big picture for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team this season. And I think the first thing we need to talk about this offseason has been filled with nothing but hype. Once Des Ritter decided to come back and return for his senior season with the Bearcats, once Beavers jumped aboard and decided to return, once My Jay Sanders decided to, to, come aboard, stay with the team, get redemption for that Peach Bowl loss. Our expectations, I don't think they've ever been higher. And you can see that reflected in the top 10 preseason ranking that the Bearcats currently have. Is it fair? And I'm not even sure this is the right phrasing of the question, but I'll say it this way. Is it fair to have just a baseline expectation for the Cincinnati Bearcats team of 12-0 and this season?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it.
2: Let me put it this way. Any other year, getting to a New Year Six game and trying to get a win would be an absolute win in my book. But winning a New Year Six game this year would actually be a disappointment. As long as there's no shenanigans and buffoonery by the college football invitational committee.
1: Yeah, in terms of controlling what we can control, it sounds like, And I feel the same way, right? Like I, I asked the question because the way I feel at this point, every conversation we have, and you can refer back to the conversation we had about the offensive line. It's, it's hyper. It's very nitpicky because our expectation is winning every single game, which means winning at Indiana and winning at Notre Dame, a team that was just in the college football playoff last season. And we're saying, yes, go to South Bend and win that game because you're that good as a team
0: let me, and tell, me, you let me tell you something
1: there is there's no nobility,
0: nobility in losing in i've, I've been, been a winner a and i've been I've a been loser a man, and, and i, I choose rich, winning every rich, fucking time
1: at least a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: no i think it's great like look this if this is the team right there's other schools out there that do this every single year, they go into the season thinking we are going to win every single football game we play. There's no one on the schedule that we say, you know what? We can't beat these guys. We're going to lose. Right. You get the Alabamas every single year. They come in there and say, you know what? We're going to win. Right. You get Clemson every year. We're going to win those freaking people from up North. Depending Michigan. on which Michigan, Michigan, <laughs> We're not afraid to say their name on this podcast.
1: That is not a team that is accustomed to planning to win at this point.
0: But no, we, we shouldn't like, just because this, look, the guys themselves, the players, I know they have the expectation, like they, they want to win. And this isn't trying to put pressure on the players themselves. This just is of the fan base. Yes. We have that expectation. If we go into Indiana and we lay a goose egg, and we just fall flat on our faces, it's going to feel deflating because we now know the, the playoff pick, that conversation that we had all last year, we built it up now for a year and a half, it's gone. That's not happening anymore. Even if you turn around and go and beat Notre Dame, no one's going to put a one-loss Cincinnati team in the playoff. It's not going to happen. So, yes, the expectation here, because we have playoff aspirations, is undefeated. Anything less than that will be a consolation prize. It'll be like kissing your sister. It's just not going to feel right. It's not going to be enjoyable as enjoyable because if your sister's pretty hot,
1: I guess maybe you enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> Hummer clearly has no sisters. Um, zero. <laughs> you, you didn't go there. And I thought you were going to, which is that anything other than 12 and zero is that a failure this season? Because I, to me, that's where like I, I have the expectation of let's win every damn game this season, but I hesitate to say if we don't, that it's a failure. Like I think there, there is gray in the event of that one loss season. I know that the outcome, the final destination in that case is not where we want to be. And I feel like we know we have the, we have the horses, we have the team, we have the talent, we have the coaching, we have the infrastructure to be a team competing at the very highest level, which is the college football playoff. And we know, And it's unfortunate, given that we're in the American Athletic, we just know as fans we can't afford to lose a game and still make it to the playoff. And so, I guess unfortunately for our guys, like it's it's this crazy high bar of twelve and zero or bust, for lack of a better term. Like that's where we're at as a team. That's the I think that's the
0: fan base. That's our expectation. I think, like I said, we're justified in that. And I stop short of saying it's a complete failure because at the end of the day. These are some of these kids, are, you know, they're, they're, they're 18, 19 years old. They're just that they're still kids. And just because they lose one game doesn't mean there's nothing worth playing for. We still won at that point, then go and take care of business Win the AAC championship, you know? Yeah. It's not going to be what we all hoped and dreamed, but we can still have fun with the season. You know, it's just, it's going to suck. Cause it's going to be at the beginning of the season if it happens, because I don't <laughs> think there's a single team in the American athletic conference that we're losing to uh, that central Florida team dead. They're done. They're going to be freaking crushed.
2: I'd say failure probably isn't the right word, but it would definitely be like a crushing disappointment. Um, And I agree with Hummer. You know, I don't see anybody in the American going toe to toe with us. I think really our only chance at a loss is at Notre Dame. And I will tell you, based on what I've seen from games like this in the past, there's not a great home field advantage at Notre Dame because their fan base is all geriatrics. They're all aging out, and they have terrible attendance from their fans. If you go back and look, I think it was 2016 when we played Michigan. I was at a bar in Ann Arbor watching Georgia play Notre Dame And the entire crowd was wearing red and black. And that's what it's going to be like on November or on October 2nd. in South Bend, baby.
1: Joe, that's a great point. This is, this is not going to Columbus. This is not going to Tuscaloosa. And and I'm saying geographically in terms of like what their stadium presents, the challenge it presents, those are overwhelming environments to play in. I don't get the same feeling with, with South Bend. It has a little bit more mystique. Because of the, the the movie Rudy, probably more than anything else. But in terms of of the the environment itself, but also the team. Like I I am I don't look at Notre Dame and say this is one of the most you know untouchable programs in college football. In fact, anytime they make the playoff, I always say fade the Irish. I mean, shit, Brian Kelly last season in the college football playoff played to cover. That's how he played the game was simply to cover against Alabama. This isn't a team that, that's going to, or it shouldn't strictly overwhelm us from a talent standpoint. That's why it's so exciting. That's why the expectations are so high. That's why you know, we have the butterflies in our stomach going into the season because come October 2nd, win that game and, and you're and you're talking like the unthinkable at that point, or at least the unthinkable as of 18 months ago.
0: Like you win these two games, and it shuts everybody up in the national media. Everybody has to take notice because we did it. Like we did what you guys say we can't do, which is go toe to toe with the one of the ten teams that you let into the playoff every year. Um,
1: extremely aggressive, air quotes.
0: Extremely aggressive. Um, but no, it just it it's. It is super exciting. I think we can do it. I think it's going to be a tough game. But I think Joe's 100% right about the atmosphere at Notre Dame because I'm hearing about the buses. I guess there's going to be bus load. There's a ton of bus groups that are going up that included tickets to the game. So we're going to be trucking Bearcat fans in by the bus load. And then apparently um, it was the first game that they had that sold out. Was UC Notre Dame this year? Is that is that right? I heard that. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it sold out in seven minutes.
0: You know, those aren't people who live in North Bend, folks. So, <laughs> sorry, nobody, South Bend, North nobody, Bend, nobody lives north of us. I don't really care.
1: I thought you did it intentionally, and it was brilliant. <laughs> well, make me look good, edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no way, no way. I, uh. I will say this a couple of weeks ago, before I had really, maybe a month ago, I was, I was a little bit panicked about the idea that the Indiana game came right before the Notre Dame game. It felt a little bit like the classic trap game that you always talk about in basketball, but then you realize that Indiana matchup is on September 18th. We have a two, two full weeks in between the Indiana matchup and Notre Dame. And I feel like that really does benefit the Bearcats to come down off that high of going to uh, Bloomington. You know, crushing their spirits, their hopes for for a successful season in Indiana. And then coming down that second week, locking in and saying, All right, it's the business work here is not done. And, And not that it will be after Notre Dame either, but we have to really lock in and get ready for this primetime matchup against Notre Dame.
0: Well, this is where you got to, as fans, really believe in the coaching staff and the way that they approach things, you know, game by game. You know, you go and you look in uh, on the Let It Fly series and they, they zoom in on the uh, the game calendar and it just says it's Miami. You know, there's nothing in there that's talking about Notre Dame yet. They're not there yet. It's it's one game at a time. You trust their process. You trust that the coaches are doing doing what they do to prepare you. Because, look, at the end of the day, yeah, we lost to Georgia. It sucks. You know, some things didn't break, break the wrong way. At the end of the day, that game was ours to win. You know, I, I don't think we got I don't think Georgia beat us. You know, I think I think you know. How do I say this right? Georgia didn't beat us; we lost to Georgia. (laughs) We beat ourselves. You know, we shot ourselves in the foot with a couple a couple big penalties, getting someone tossed out of the game. They had the it was a last second uh, field goal. I don't think that was Georgia. I think that was us not being our best selves out there. So if we bring our best, the best version of this Bearcat team out onto the field each and every day this this each and every week this year, no one's going to beat us.
2: And and the other thing too is I think this team's better than last year's team, so I see no elaborate. reason. I see no reason why, you know, this team with a deeper defensive line, better wide receivers, um, another year of experience for all these guys. You know, the the drop-off of what we lost is pretty much only on the offensive line. If we can get over that hurdle by the time we go to South Bend, this team can go toe-to-toe with Notre Dame easier than they went toe-to-toe with Georgia. So
0: Let's I'm, be real here. It's Notre Dame obviously. who will have to go toe-to-toe with us. Hell
1: yeah, brother. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I do agree, Joe. I just think and i really don't want to beat a dead horse here the the potential hurdle is a big one beat and it. it's quite beat impactful it. i the offensive line is just it it's so it's so freaking important
0: look if there's any bearcat fans out there who are who are on the fence of being like oh yeah i think we're going to lose one game seriously stay home that's like i don't want your realistic viewpoint right now because this team has deserved, it deserves your unabashed enthusiasm for this year. Like, they have done nothing that comes to say, you know what? I don't think they can do this. So, if you're going to bring in and say, oh, know, we're going to lose one game, go home. Go. Get out. I don't want to get the party. Take
1: your ball <laughs> and go. I love that. I'm inspired by that. Take your take your ball and go home. Get the hell out of here. We don't need you. That you, is the, That is the mentality, me. by the way. You had me on the fence because, you know,
2: I'm I'm somewhat of a pessimist, some would say, especially a sports pessimist. My wife will say things like, I don't know why you watch all these games if you're just going to sit here and be frustrated and pissed off the whole time. But I, I was I was leaning that way. But Hummer, you got me rigor mortis, fully erect for Bearcats football.
1: Me too, hum. That was phenomenal. That was exactly what I needed to hear because I I'm the same way, Joe. I've been told I'm a walking jinx. I've been told anything I love and care about or predict will happen uh, makes the opposite happen. And so I'm I'm I always get nervous about being too optimistic. I always get nervous about not being realistic about the concerns in life. And and by nature, you know, my career is to assess risk and to identify uh potential concerns. And so in this case, I'm gonna stop doing that. I'm gonna nut up. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do what's needed, which is we're going unfucking defeated this season, 12 and 0. Jump aboard! The hype train has left the station.
0: Enjoy the ride, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's gonna be a fun season. We're gonna win every single game. Uh, some of them, most of them, by double digits. Uh, just enjoy the ride, guys. This is one of those times where you know it. It is damn good to be a Cincinnati Bearcat football fan. Yeah, I think we said this a couple of years ago. Maybe it was a little too um too early. We jumped the gun. We were talking about the state of the, the University of Cincinnati of athletics program. And we thought everything was just hitting on all cylinders. Turns out we had a broken rod in the basketball department. Uh, I think we've gone in there and we fixed that. Yeah, you know, so now it's a it's a well-oiled machine and we're just we're hitting here, we're hitting our strokes, enjoy it. This has never been better. Right. If you guys, like, I remember last year, there was some, talk, or was it last year or the year before, talks about how we weren't selling out a game or it wasn't a full stadium. I do actually, I'm going to jump on the train this year and say every single game should be full. There should be standing room only at every single Bearcats game. And if you have friends who are on the fence, have them listen to this podcast. They will understand why this is the year. This is the year to jump on the bandwagon. I know everybody loves their FC Cincinnati, but look, don't go to those games for one, one of them. Go to a Bearcat basketball game instead, because look, it's still a family friendly environment. Just do it. You're going to have more fun. We actually win.
2: It's
1: going to be gonna... a season unlike any other. It And it truly is like, this is not hyperbole. This is unprecedented shit in Clifton. We have, we have never experienced anything like this. And before we hopped on, I was trying to communicate with you guys like this odd sensation of we're going into a football season and the expectation is undefeated, make the college football playoff. And it just put in perspective for me the fact that there are football programs out there like Alabama where that's literally the season. Like every year, that's, that's every season for them is retool, gear up, our coaching staff is brilliant. They're going to figure out the way to put, put players on the right positions. That's what Luke Fickle is building here. And I know we, we've never been in a situation where we've come into to a season, preseason top 10, you know, gearing up for a, for a playoff run. But he is building something special where the talent level continually increases. The player development is unlike most programs in the country. We're going to put players in the right positions to be the best version of of themselves and to be high level contributors to compete year in, year out. This is absolutely unthinkable as of five years ago. And here we are now. It's just it's something that I can't I can't fully wrap my head around. I can't wrap my arms around it. It just makes me truly, truly happy to see my university in such a place on the football field.
2: That sensation you're you're referring to is arousal. A full on bear cat boner is what you're
1: talking about. <laughs> I think now, you're right. I think you're I'm, right. It's I'm, not going away. It's it's here to stay.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the coomer here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack the hosting abilities here real quick. I want each of you to give me, and we'll start with you, Joe. What are your keys to success and your keys to failure? So
2: my key to success is protect Desmond Ritter. And the second key to success is going to be Ritter's ability to make big plays downfield. Um, This season, if we're going to have the kind of season we want, if we want to go to the college football playoff, you have to have elite quarterback play. And that's going to hinge on the offensive line. Now, the two things I think that can derail us is one, awful offensive line play that leads to Ritter getting sacked a lot, forcing throws, throwing interceptions, and potentially a catastrophic injury to whomever. Um, but this team is this team is just stacked, man, it's stacked. And you know, I know we changed our defensive coordinator, but Fickle's going to have his fingers deep in that defense. I don't think that's going to be a concern for me. So I know I kind of went long-winded on that one, but
1: that was perfect. How I feel. I, the, the innuendo on this podcast is just flying around. It's not even innuendo at times, but, <laughs> but I will say I, I largely agree with Joe. I think from, from a success standpoint, <laughs> from a success standpoint, um, it definitely starts defensively for me and it, it feels like a given at this point. we, take it for granted. The fact that our defense is absolutely stacked and will shut teams down game in game out, like scoring 21 points on the Bearcats is not a given for many teams. In fact, it's, it's probably unattainable for many teams. So starting there, leaning on the fact that that is your, your ace in the hole as a team and offensively executing to that, right? We need to be a team offensively. We don't have to take a ton of risks. You know, when you have a defense like we have, we need to to lean on the fact that turning over the ball is completely unacceptable. We need to be very low turnover. We need to control the ball, hold on to the ball. And I and I agree that protecting Des Ritter is a key to success. And it's also the the, the thing that could be our downfall if we have an Achilles heel. Prognosticating that it likely would be lack of protection. So whether Des gets injured from that or we simply can't execute offensively because of the fact that we're breaking down on the offensive line. That might be my biggest concern at this point. Um, I think Joe, you, you, you bring up a good point about Des's ability to opt, you know, to execute in high leverage situations downfield. We've seen Des come in, come up big time and time again uh, with his, with his legs. You know, he he always manages to break free from, uh, from pressure, get that convert uh, a, a tough third and six. With his legs, we've actually seen him deliver with tough throws. There was a third and nine in the Peach Bowl. I think he completed to Alec Pierce. That was just a remarkable throw. We need more consistency in that space, throwing the ball downfield. And if he does that at the biggest moments, you're probably seeing a really special season this year.
0: So I think when you when you look at what all of the teams that consistently make all all six teams, I think it's been six is you instead know, of all of, of had to have taken up college football playoff spots <laughs> all six of them guys six right six of them um, they usually all have a certain number of first round draft picks on their on their roster right and this is we're finding ourselves in a unique situation where we might have quite a few first second round draft picks uh you know my J. sanders uh, sauce gardner but there's the wild card is desmond ritter I know, you know, we've seen some draft boards as high as him being in the first round. We've seen him as low as being somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. This is a season that, in my mind, is make or break for Des Ritter. There's some things last year that were concerning that I think got better as the season went on. But one in particular is the accuracy of throws 25 yards or greater. I do think that we will have to take some of those, those types of plays and chances because Desmond Ritter is so dangerous off the run and that you have to account for him. Like you have to have a linebacker basically playing Des Ritter. You know, you, got, you, you have to have that, that role. So if he's able to keep the defenses confused, run the ball, be able to have Jerome Ford come in there, also running the ball, and then be able to take a shot downfield when it's appropriate and it's open – he has to be able to make those throws. He has to be able to connect on those, especially in these games that are going to be a lot tougher because our schedule is tougher than it was last year. So I think that's going to be the, the biggest key to success for me is to play from Desmond Ritter. As good as he was last year, I actually think he has to be better. I think he has to be a little better than he was last year. And I do think that that also hinges on what the offensive line can afford him in protection and time. So it's not all on his shoulders. Um, but I think a lot of it's gonna rest on him this year. I have no concerns about the defensive side of the ball, uh, except for you know the, the the coordinator situation. But like you guys said, Fickle's fingers are so deep. <laughs> They're in so deep. Uh that I don't there probably really isn't too much to worry there. So oh yeah, bring out the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean and like I said, key to for me, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter. You need to you need to have the nice run to run the ball. You need to be able to throw the ball downfield and connect on those throws. Limit turnovers. That's the recipe for success. No one will beat us.
1: Well, I am looking forward to not having the uh, the storyline this year of should we bench Des after a couple games, Joe? Joe, I'm looking guilty. At you. Guilty. Joe. Guilty is charged.
0: Dude, a hundred percent that will happen if we even if we all right. So if he goes into Indiana and we win something like, you know, twenty-three to to twenty-one or something stupid, and he throws two picks, three picks, someone on Twitter will be like bench des
1: without (laughs) a doubt. Without a doubt. They will be banished forever, never to return (laughs) again.
2: And then they'll probably get blocked like my J still has me blocked my I'm So sorry, please. If you're listening (laughs) to this podcast, unblock me. I'm sorry for what
1: I said. Come on, my J it's like four podcasts in a row. Let the guy see your tweets again. (laughs) Hey, so man, (laughs) we we alluded to it earlier. uh, The fact that, you know, losing a game is not going to be failure, right? That would be a ridiculous way to frame our season is if we lose a game it's it's an abject failure what do, what would failure look like like how what could this team what would coming up short be for you guys
0: losing to central florida
1: i think it's not winning the conference like i think i think if they don't actually win go back to back and win the american athletic again i think that's clearly that's clearly a disastrous season at that point
2: 100% agree because if we don't win the american We're going to be playing in the military bowl or the Birmingham bowl against the seventh sec team. I'm going to be completely flaccid. I'm not going to be able to get up for the game. It'd be terrible.
1: I mean, it it would make make Brett McMurphy, right. You know, that was his big prediction was having UCF in the, uh, in the New York New Year's six game. Um, And he had, he did have the Bearcats. In the military bowl, and if Brett McMurphy's right, I will just I don't know what I'll do. I'll delete my account. I can't, no, I'm not. I'm not. Can I go that far? Can I delete um, the account if Brett McMurphy's right about this season?
0: I believe you need the full 100% uh vote of the entire Cincy Slangin podcast network, okay. uh, and I will vote against that
2: <laughs> if. If if Luke Fickle loves us as much as I think he does, there's no way he'll ever let Brett McMurphy be right. True.
0: I'm not I'm not worried if about Fickle, Brett McMurphy. I'm not worried about Brett McMurphy being right or wrong. What I'm worried about is if that was the worst case scenario and that's what happened, in my mind, this would be the ultimate Cincinnati fall flat on your facism. You know, you come in with these super high expectations, like you're gonna go to the playoffs all of a sudden, like you basically like you're supposed to go undefeated and you lost like four games to end up in the military bowl. Like that would be, uh, I, I think that would be probably one of the worst moments in Cincinnati sports history for me. That would be full on
1: fetal position at that point.
0: It'd be right up there, probably right behind Kenya Martin's leg breaking. It would be that high on the list of disappointments for me.
1: That's pretty high. And I, and I can't say you're wrong. I think I think that would be the, the overwhelming sentiment among the Bear, Bearcat fan base. Well,
0: luckily, we have the death. I think we have the death to carry this on because, you know, even even knock on wood, because last time we were in this position where we had a great team, we weren't necessarily expecting undefeated, you know, but we had Tony Pike and Tony Pike goes down, you know, next guy up. Right next guy up and I think we have a guy behind Desmond Ritter who can be next guy up like I said we don't want this to happen but i'm not afraid of that situation as maybe as much as I was say last year.
2: 100% agree everything that i'm hearing about Evan Prater was he made a huge step forward from the spring into training camp and he's looked really good from what I hear Um, and i've also heard that he is far more athletic with his legs than ritter which i think is a good thing
1: that's kind of mind-blowing though too right like i ritter's pretty damn athletic if you remember that run i think it was against smu where he went like 80 yards yeah closer to 90 yards basically i've heard he's
2: like he's been breaking ankles on the field and juking people and yeah Mm. so that would be pretty elite but that's not going to happen. We don't need to will that into existence. What we're, we're going to will into existence is this team is going to go 12 and O we're going to probably play some terrible team like Tulsa in the AAC championship game. We're going to stomp them into the ground. Again, we're punching our ticket to the college football playoff, baby.
1: 12 and O 12 and O 12, 12 and O 12, 12 and O 12 and O 12 and oh, where, where are you, Hummer? 12 and oh, baby. Hey, so let's close this. Let's.
0: I want you to deal with your problems by becoming winners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's wrap up our season preview here with some rapid fire predictions. I'll throw out, you know, who's going to be the leading uh, receiver. Who's going to, who's going to catch the most touchdowns. Who's going to lead the team in blank? Like let's let's kind of do some rapid fire predictions here. I think the the toughest one to predict might be who's gonna to touch who's gonna to catch the most touchdowns this season.
0: Um ooh. damn, that is a tough one. Who's gonna catch the most? I'm gonna go with
1: Jerome Ford. Catching the most touchdowns? Out of the backfield, baby. I know. Oh, wow prediction. I'm going with Wiley. I think Wiley's a safe bet. I didn't want to go, go safe. With Wiley. Going with Wiley, say, the safe pick. That's the safe pick. 6'6", 245, huge target, good hands. I've seen some of these
0: him. green passes, and Ford's just going to break loose on a few of them, and he's going to he's going to catch a, catch a lot of passes. Can you imagine
1: know. if Jerome Ford caught like he's, 10 touchdowns? That'd that be would wild. be wild. Mean,
0: right? Wild. My honorable mention
2: is going to be Leonard Taylor. Ooh, I like that. I've heard really good things uh about him in camp. Somebody said his hands are softer than a baby's bottom.
1: <laughs> not I think tight end's a good a good bet, though. It feels like it matches Ritter's game pretty well. And Den Brock's style as and well. And Den Brock's style as well, exactly. So uh good good predictions there. There's not a lot of question marks in the backfield in terms of rushing. I'm not gonna throw out any marks there. You know, maybe the over under, like if I set the, over/under, I know I got a
0: good one. Who's going to have, um, well, maybe no, this one probably won't be good. Who would have more, more rushing touchdowns, Ritter or, or Ford? Is that, is that a good one? Yeah. Is that going to be even close?
1: That's a solid one. I think I probably still lean Ford on that, but it might be close. I think I'll go Ritter.
0: I'm going okay. Ritter.
1: All right. I like it. I like it.
0: Cause uh, my uh, rapid fire crazy over the top prediction is I've been harsh on Ritter last year. Uh, it's kind of harsh on him going into what he needs to do this year but i have faith that he's gotten it done that the manning camp has done everything that he's needed for him and uh desmond ritter is going to be your 2021 heisman trophy winner whoa <laughs> I, I i he's he's already you know he's i think he's his name is being mentioned already on the out outsides of that talk. And if he does what he needs to do in order for us to go undefeated, he will be in that conversation. He will have an opportunity to win it. Man,
2: And you've been you've been so tough on him the past few weeks, and you dropped that bomb. I love it. I love that energy, that big thick energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very big. That is some really, really big energy from you, Homer, and I love it. Who's going to lead the team in interceptions this year? Kobe Bryant. Gardner. Again, Gardner. So the thing with with Brian is that Gardner gets challenged a lot less, and it's it's like the Champ Bailey problem, where nobody ever wanted to throw at Champ Bailey, and so the guy who was usually playing alongside him would would get a lot of rack up interceptions or safeties would. So you you see Gardner getting challenged more this year, Hummer. It's his coming out party from an interception standpoint.
0: I mean, we have a tougher schedule too. I think I I think you're going to see Indiana's got to challenge him. I think Notre Dame's are going to have to challenge him because. The, the other side is, I think just as good, Kobe, Kobe Bryant's great. Like you can't, you can't just keep, you know, avoiding both of them at at, at, the, at this point in time. And so I think you're going to, you're going to see some mistakes made and they're just going to capitalize on them. the defense is just so freaking
1: good. Over under 4.5 defensive touchdowns this season. Yes. Way the fuck over way over.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How many did they have last year? I don't know. Someone, but I'm someone going, get on I'm, that. I'm, I'm that, going over. That felt. I was in my head. I was like, ah, uh, 4.5. What did I say? Four point five. You said four point five. Four point five. So wait, you're saying five or more defensive touchdowns this year? Yep. I like it. I like it. All right. Any other any other uh, props for the season that we should mention here?
2: Uh, over or under fifteen sacks for my Jay Sanders. I'm
1: going over.
0: Damn, our defense didn't. Our defense did not score a lot of touchdowns last year.
1: How many? How many did they rack up last year?
0: Uh, Is this per game? Uh, I gotta see if this is per game. It says only one. Yeah, I can't be right.
2: I've only got one as well. Wow, way over four point five, Joe.
0: Man, last uh, last
2: year was an two of them are coming
0: against against Miami
1: two of them are coming against That's Miami. That's true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't play Miami and we didn't play an FCS team
0: last year. True.
1: That's <laughs> I, I feel like against Miami or Murray state, you might see like two in a game. Yeah. Maybe two each.
0: No, nah, this can't be right. Cause it says offense only 2.6. So that, that, that can't be right.
1: So my J had four sacks his sophomore season, seven sacks last season, and you're setting the over under at 15. Yeah. One per game. I'm, wouldn't that be twelve games,
2: right? Oh, we're playing fifteen, baby. If we're going to okay. go to that national championship,
1: I'm I'm going under. I'm being realistic. I think my I think my Jay's going to finish with about eleven sacks this season. So
2: there's some more significance to that that uh, fifteen as well, because if he gets fifteen sacks, he'll become the all-time leader at UC.
1: Ooh. Could we have could we have a Michael Strahan situation on our hands with the final game, where um, a benevolent quarterback, you know, inadvertently trips air quotes and lets my J get the two hand touch for that 15 sack? Could it happen? Who knows? Dylan Gabriel,
3: anyone?
2: Oh, <laughs> old old flat foot Dylan Gabriel.
0: This is actually really hard to find.
1: Well, let me look up here. The last one I think I want to do is, and not necessarily the last one, if you guys have have one you want to add. I want to look up the number of times Desmond Ritter was sacked his sophomore year and his, his junior year. Can, can you guys get that number for me? Uh, I'm looking as well. Because I think that's an over-under, an important over-under we need to set for this season and see where we come in at. How many times will Des Ritter be sacked this coming season
0: so i think this is these are last year's stats i'm going to give you touchdowns scored we scored 51 our opponents only scored 18. that's pretty dope uh let me see how many times with desmond ritter sacked
1: it's not the easiest stat to
2: just pull up willy-nilly yeah that one might that one might require a deeper dive
1: So if we're going to play 15 games, let's say, uh, maybe I'll base it on the regular season only. Let's say if I set the over-under at 20 sacks, is he getting sacked more or less than 20 times?
2: Uh, I'm going to say more, but only because he runs the ball a lot. And sometimes some of those rushes get counted as a sack.
1: That's true. That's true. college, you probably have to set it higher.
2: So last year, he was sacked 18 times. Eight of those came against Georgia, right? Yeah. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Um, He was sacked 28 times in 2019. Okay. And he was sacked 21 times in 2018.
1: I feel good about my number then. If we set the number at 20.5... Twenty point five sacks this season against Des Ritter. Over or under. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over too. I don't so, think it's it's not. Us. I think
0: it's, we only scored two touchdowns last year on defense. We had two interceptions for touchdowns. No one.
1: We only had one. You know, yeah. And, and do you realize we played less games last season yeah. too. So that's that's also factoring into things here. So we're I'm, probably I'm over. Sti- it doesn't mean I'm sticking with my done. over. I'm not a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just surprised by that. I really was. I was surprised. We also didn't cause a lot of fumbles. Uh, we only caused two fumbles, all only recovered two fumbles all last year. That's surprising. Um, here's one that does give me a little worried. Uh the rushing actually rushing touchdown. We said Ritter, right? Ritter Ritter was uh 12 to 7 last year over Dokes for touchdowns.
1: Eh, all right. I might have underestimated that, but I I have really high hopes. But guess for Ford. who had Ford's going you had, double digits.
0: Guess who had more touchdowns than Dokes?
1: Ford. 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 Didn't he have like seven last year?
0: Dokes had seven. Jerome had
1: eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh So that's interesting. That that could lead to uh, a situation where because I feel like Ford feels like a he feels like a uh what do, call him? Uh, what do you call him? Why am I drawing drawing a home run racer? hitter football? The uh, the cowbell, the the main back, your your stud, your, your bell, horse, your bell, bell, leader, cow.
1: the cowbell, your cowbell. Your... <laughs> That's Chris vote.
0: <laughs> uh, so that that one's interesting. Passing, receiving touchdowns. The leader was six, and it was it was uh, Wiley, 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 and. Uh, not feeling too confident when I see that Jared Dokes only had two. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Jerome Ford had zero. But I think we're gonna. I think you're gonna have some place do some versatility with with Ford on
1: that on that end. I like it. I like it too. Well, let's leave it there, boys. We will do a uh, a gambling segment with uh, semantics here at the end of the episode. We'll we'll put that in here afterward.
0: Is there not one that we can make a fun bet on? You know, like the beer the beer mile on. A beer mile bet for the football season. I think we got we we, have to, we should be able to have one with the linebackers,
1: right? I I feel like we could do one with the wide receivers in terms of wide receptions, receivers like receptions. Just just raw receptions this season. Who's going to lead the Bearcats in receptions? Ooh. You think that's a good one, Joe? Is that is that uh is that out there enough, or is it? I think that's out there, there enough. Is there enough variance? Yeah, I think so. Hard to predict, maybe. So you're going are you on, getting in on this, Joe? Are you going to get in? Where if you're if you're one of the losers, are you willing to run a beer mile? I'll give it a shot. It might be a yes. beer, it might be a, a beer walk. So are we going to get two beer miles? Because we're each going to have to take a different player. Yep. All right, Let's... Joe. Since you're the guest, I think Joe should get the first pick. Oh dang! That oh, is like a
0: just feels like a snake draft, man. Oh.
1: Leading the Bearcats, <laughs> leading the Bearcats in receptions this season will be blank and it we're saying in wide receivers only right nope anybody Uh, pass catch we'll say pass catchers in general
2: total total receptions total receptions this season i'm gonna go with wiley it's it's a layup a layup i think so
0: i don't think it's a layup but i want michael i want michael young jr
1: oh Uh, I thought I thought I'd get him. I thought was, I'd get him with a third pick. Guy. Oh, I feel like I'm in trouble now. Um so if I'm assessing things here, I you know, I I have a personal affinity for Trey Tucker. The usage just simply won't be there. Um
0: there's there's a third there's a third wide receiver in the rotation that's going to get just as many and it's going to I think it's going to be super close.
1: Well, I'm looking at this team Man, Leonard Taylor's not going to get the work load It's going to be either. It's going to be either Tucker or Pierce. It's not going to be Tucker. I mean, Pierce is probably the one I have to go with at this point. I feel like my hand's been forced. Uh, Pierce is a big hitter. If he's catching a lot of balls, things are probably going very, very well for the Bearcats. And I won't be upset if I have to run a beer mile because of that. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling with Alec Pierce. I've got him. I'm, Just remember,
0: there's two people running beer miles out of this no matter what.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, two people. Maybe all might three have of a tie. us. There might I, be a tie. I say this. If, yeah. if, if nobody wins, if someone comes out of the blue and it's someone that's not one of these three players, we're running it together, boys. Beautiful. All right. That's the bet for the football season. Looking forward to it. Joe, truly, truly, thank you for this off-season preview you did with us. I think it's been a blast been fun getting to know you and i look forward to cheersing some beverages at some tailgates this season
2: hell yeah it's been a pleasure boys thanks for having me on it was an awesome experience you know it, it helped me get more familiar with the team for this year so uh hopefully my drunken recognition will work in the stands at nippert and i'll actually remember all the stuff i talked about and wrote about this season
1: Nah, the key to this whole thing is you you forget everything you say. You you're right about everything. You definitely weren't wrong about anything. And you just let the let, let the past be the past. Love it. I'm all yeah, in But the I'm past. sure
0: I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk to you. I'm sure we'll have you on after Miami. You know, just the gloat and our
1: glory. How good Oh, we no, there's going to be future appearances, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's only right that we thank Joe for everything he did in the summer. This has been a blast. It really has helped Hummer and I familiarize ourselves with the team more so than we have been um in past seasons and and now I'm I'm very excited about celebrating a, a historic season this year. It's going to be a blast. Hell yeah, let's do it. Cheers to 12 and 0, boys. Cheers. We are now joined after a long long layoff. He's finally back on the podcast outside in his bunker, literally recording outside of his house right now. A maniac, a news record legend, gambling Sam Elliott is back on the podcast. Sam, welcome back on the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast, buddy. Oh, uh, it's so
3: it's so great to be here with you, fine gentleman.
0: I think you're going to confuse our audience though. They might know him by a different name as uh, Sam Antics of the legendary news record. Uh,
3: Sam Antics. Those were the. Day- that's about. I don't know. Four careers ago, at this point,
0: he is the man who inspired Keith Jenkins to get into sports reporting.
3: <laughs> not he was my uh, uh, he was our he was our I you nope know, you Inspired figure. him.
1: You inspired him. Case closed. It's up to other people to prove whether or not not that's true. I will not hear it. Uh, Alternative well, facts. Sam, it's football season, and the reason we're going to start having you on. We're going to start having you on weekly here because because you live in a state you live in indiana and you have become an absolute um uh, in- goon a beast um you're shrewd you're cunning your gambling record is unparalleled and you're going to start you know talk talking some lines with us talking what you like week by week we're obviously about to start the season we probably need to go yeah. over some futures but you i have also all good
3: season preview futures here
1: I also want to give you a chance here to share some thoughts. I think you said you had some thoughts on the Let It Fly oh. series. So before we get into gambling.
3: I I binged the entire Let It Fly series last night. I stayed up way too late. I watched all five episodes, including commercials. And, oh, my God. First of all, I didn't appreciate the opening audio, the Dan Hoard call at the end of the that the end of that Georgia game call from Dan, Hoard, it, I got emotional. It got me really. Emo- but then by the time the opening intro starts, like 30 seconds in, I'm I, I've i never played organized football in my life, but I'm ready to like run through a wall for Luke Fickle uh, practice. The, the Hard Knocks style monta- practice montage, just like inject that directly into my veins.
1: And look, Hard Knocks is on on the downslope, man. The, the series is just in my opinion. It's not as I, compelling. Let It Fly. Let It Fly oh is the premiere. Here's season football content
3: on the issue with Here's my issue with Here's my issue with you two gentlemen. I turn to you guys. You guys are the experts on all things UC sports in my life. And how did the two of you not tell me that I needed to be watching this show? From the second it dropped, right away. I, I'm not going to really hear any down. of
1: this. I'm not going to hear any of this, Sam. We've talked about Let It Fly. We have an episode that was titled "Let It Fly," reviewing the series. And then, sir, I listen, which
3: I listened to. That's what had got Eichel, me
1: to. We had Eichel Davis on the podcast, which I
3: highly recommend. I, know, I saw the name in the credits, and I was like, "Oh, that's the guy." Come on, man! We're all about the Let It Fly series. It was it was just so great. I loved the shots at higher ground really took me back to my those were so you know yes back in my day in the brian kelly era covering those teams we i went out to camp higher grounds at least four to six times i don't know
0: there's a lot of a lot of things in college that would cause one to not remember such trips um that must be what we're referring to here um, it's all here to say (laughs)
3: right can neither confirm nor deny anything but this is cool it was great we would show up so me and a photographer from the news record would drive out there's like 45 minute drive from clifton we would get out there they would have practices would be open to the media either for like the beginning 15 minutes of practice or like the final 15 minutes of practice with media availability afterwards so we would just always go at the end you watch like the last five whatever sessions of practice usually you know mostly like seven on seven or 11 on 11 red zone scrimmages whatever what one-on-one drill whatever it was fun to watch but these guys would be like busting their ass out there it's the middle of summer you know middle of august and like a million degrees out, in the sun, and is it, it was always like the first thing that I would be like covering, like coming back to cover for the start of the new school year. You you pretty much take the summer off at the news record, but so it was always like the first assignment back, which was cool. But then you get there and it's like a million degrees outside. But then, then you realize, well, I'm not the one running around out there. Football practice. These guys are killing it. Like I do not doubt. Like the intensity that they were talking about. like I don't think let it fly like got deep enough into the intensity of some of these workouts for real. But then I remember watching guys like Connor Barwin or uh, uh, that one short jacked tight end. I can't think of his name right now. But I remember those guys like specifically. Armand bins, I was definitely there his year. These dudes were like are like jumping into the ice baths right afterwards they don't give a they don't care they've been sweating their asses off for two a days or whatever and then just full ice bath uh freezing cold water fun to watch it was fun you know guys were just you know getting put through hell but enjoying it making the most of it that's like that was like my camp higher ground takeaway take away from my time out there and then the I would, I remember one time driving, you know, I'm leaving. So it's after practice, you know, the coaches and players had been out there for two hours, whatever. And as I'm driving through the little path to get out of there, Brian Kelly is just jogging down the road, getting his afternoon two miles in or whatever. Like coach, I think you were like working hard enough here out today. What do you, now you're just, you still got to go get an extra little jog in.
1: See, this is where I have to call BS, Sam. I, I believed everything you were telling us up until you say that Brian Kelly was jogging in 2010. We know that, was jogging. that wasn't true. Come on. I
3: I couldn't believe it.
1: I thought Brian Kelly started jogging in like 2019.
3: All right. He's at least like planting the seeds.
1: All right. Of
3: jogging I mean, career.
1: It feels like a stretch. Anyways, camp higher and-
3: ground. It was awesome to see. Let it fly. Incredible. I'm trying to go to like SquatFest 2022.
1: Well, there you have it. Another another resounding endorsement for the Let It Fly series. Honestly, it just
3: needs to be longer. That's the only real critique. Just make it longer.
1: I actually disagree. I love the length. I love that Give a 30 40 minute
3: episode. Oh,
1: no. Give me that 15 18 minutes. That's beautiful. That's perfect.
3: No, I just binged it. It lasted me like, you know, whatever. My favorite uh, part about half, the Let It Fly series
0: was that if you watch the first episode with Des Ritter
3: on two times
0: speed on YouTube, it sounds like a normal person talking because Des Ritter talks so slow. And it's like, and then you you turn it back and you're like, man, this guy has this one soothing voice. He's just so, so calm, so
1: slow. Bingo. (laughs) You want your quarterback nice and composed, unfazed by the moment. And that's yes. he he's not too around. jittery, not too not too talkative, jittery jumping around. No yeah. way. Cool, cool customer. That's exactly why he's going to be one of the five winningest quarterbacks in. NCAA is he going to be? A,
3: is he going to be a Heisman contender? He's going to be a Heisman contender, man. That's that's the. Uh, I think well, that's
1: that's that's, a, a, that's the segue, my friend. That is the <laughs> that's what we call a segue. segue. That's what we call a segue into our future segment here for gambling. Sam, we're going to kind of give you an open runway here for takeoff to hit us with some some of your favorite season-long type bets for the Cincinnati Bearcat team. Okay.
3: I mean, Desmond Ritter, let's just talk about Desmond Ritter for Heisman because as cool as that would be, come on, let's just remember that. Do you guys remember the the brief but shining Tony Pike for Heisman campaign (laughs) of the (laughs) late aughts? Uh, look there was, at Hummer, there was there a real one look at Hummer's do any face. of you have a you guys don't also own a Pike for Heisman t-shirt like your boy over here no I do
0: not uh Tony Pike didn't start to grow on me until after his time uh with the Carolina Panthers his brief stint in the non-existent NFL career of his uh to when he started he got into the booth when he got into the booth wow. that's that's when he started to grow on me uh, I wasn't his biggest, biggest of fans.
3: I have a Tony Pike for Heisman T-shirt. He did make appearances in the ESPN weekly, like Heisman tracker article that year. I do think Desmond Ritter will get like shouted out in one of those articles this year as like a also, you know, also popping off this week paragraph at the end, you know, also receiving votes type of category for for Des. So Desmond Ritter, the best Heisman odds you can get for Desmond Ritter to win the Heisman. Like what I wanted to play like guess the odds with you guys. What what are you if you put down a hundred bucks, what's your guess to how much you'd win back on a uh, Desmond Ritter Heisman? A lot campaign? of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like Des is at a minimum gotta be what 50, 75 to one to win the Heisman. Uh, it's plus
3: five, it's it's plus five thousand. I'll stop you. Yeah. I mean Fifty to it is fifty to one. Bang! Whoa! whoa. Yeah.
1: So so plus five thousand and and let's make the case then. So for Des to win the Heisman, we're looking
3: at well. Here's game. some other things that would probably happen in a Des for Heisman type of season. Over over under ten wins. That's the the current line for this team. Okay. I don't really like these over under season win bets because the that's odds regular regular are,
0: season wins. That's what they're saying
3: yeah yeah
0: so they're saying we're gonna lose one of the games to indiana just Notre like Dame, you know and we're gonna lose one game
3: in, in league play that's what minus 110 either direction over or under 10 and it's you know you're tying up you're tying up funds for a long period of time it's it's just better to bet game by game but it
1: feels like a sure thing 10 wins
3: the but line know, is 10 you know, or the
1: line is like nine and a half or, or is the line no
3: it's an even 10. 10 yeah and, like, mm. the best you can get, you can get, like, minus 105 on the over and similar on the under. I'm
1: banging the over 10. I feel
3: okay. great about That's fine. 10. I would, too. But it's just, like, the odds aren't great as far as I'm concerned. I would okay. rather. That's fair. I mean, the odds aren't great for a lot of things. I mean, you can find, like, you know, conference division title odds for this team.
1: And what are they? Would it like,
3: to, okay. win like 50, sta- well, we'll to, to win the conference like a standard fifth a state Well, we'll get to it to win the the conference, but okay. to win just their division of the conference, just to make the conference championship game, in order to in order to win, one hundred dollars from a you have to bet like a thousand you would have to risk one a thousand fifty yeah
1: <laughs>
3: that's how confident <laughs> Vegas is in Bearcats making the AAC title game and. All right. So the absolute best odds you're going to get on UC to win the title, to win the conference championship game, go. What do you guess?
1: I'm I'm saying plus six hundred. Plus six hundred.
3: Doesn't say. Uh,
1: plus three
3: hundred. Five hundred. AAC championship. The very very best odds you can get are minus two hundred.
1: <laughs> there we Vegas, go. Vegas.
3: Vegas. It's not playing around. This they conference not, is ours. They recognize. Absolutely. They recognize this now. Yes. They we're getting that's almost you know as much sign of respect as you know the, the number eight ranking going in. Take that, Brett McMurphy. Do we but, do we have any Central Florida?
0: I'm assuming we don't have odds out. I'm assuming we don't have odds out for the Indiana uh Notre Dame games yet, do we?
3: Um we do have some, some look ahead, some look ahead lines, yes. Um, here's my favorite, my favorite bet of the year, of, for, for, for as far as like futures, season long futures go. Uh, this is the Homer special here. Homer, the, the Bearcats to make the college football playoff. What type of odds would you be interested in or uh. hopeful to receive for such a wager?
0: Well I'm, I'm assuming that Vegas is fully aware that the machine is rigged and that there's only legitimately maybe nine or 10 teams that actually have a chance and all of them reside within a power five conference uh, currently at the moment. I wouldn't so- even
1: you're not even saying five conferences, though. all of them reside in the SEC the big 10. Or their, yeah. or, or their Oklahoma.
0: Well, if you, if USC were to go undefeated, I'm sure somehow they would pump them up, you know, into the top 10 rankings, you know, they would give USC a chance if that happened, you know, they're not going to keep an old dog like that out, out of the conversation. Notre or, Dame, you know,
1: how Notre could you keep Dame,
3: out Iowa state, you know,
1: Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma and the sec. That's your, that's your odds for making the playoff. <laughs>
0: um, so I'd have to say it's uh, it's not looking good. I'd say you're probably you're probably at a Des Ritter
1: Heisman type <laughs> plus <laughs> five thousand. I'm, I'm let me make a guess. I'm saying plus plus thirty five hundred,
3: plus twenty It's two hundred. All right, gonna be the best. The make <laughs> the playoff odds now. The very same book. This this these numbers are. This is tied to this number at the very same book. You can bet. On teams not to make the playoff, so the very same book that has UC at plus twenty two hundred to make the playoff has also has them not to make the playoff at minus six thousand.
1: Yeah, so they they kind of the corrupt
3: college football playoff. They can see the future.
1: They 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 know know. they know the script. They've seen it. They know they've seen it before.
3: Yes, Yes, we've all we know the story. Seen this, we've seen this episode. But you know what? Let's—I don't
1: want this. This is the last episode we're putting out before the season starts. Exactly. It's a it's happy, happy episode. Let's Come get on. back to some happy props.
3: Well, here we go. Uh, I, I, I actually—I have a little bit of a—I have a—I, fr- I have a free bet, wager that I—you know—didn't cost me a dime that I put down on the Bearcats to make the playoff. I respect it. Let's go, baby. Let I it fly. I respect it. Undefeated. Energy. However, BDF for, for this week. Good old Miami of Ohio coming into town. Poor, uh poor guys. Bearcats are a lofty 23 to 23 and a half point favorite. That's it. Slam it line hasn't really moved much that. in the past week or so. Um the over, un, the, the over under has gone up a little bit, started off about fifty right Around there, up to like 51 51 and a half. Right now, your boy over here has over exposed to the over. Right now, um, I feel like there's a parlay look, here somewhere. If we can't score, <laughs> if we can't, okay, worst case scenario, how many points does Miami score in this game?
1: That's that's the problem with the over, Sam. It's three, not the Bearcat score, side, they it's the score three, side,
0: they score three. They don't score three times or three. They score one field goal. They do not score a touchdown. They get absolutely smothered and intercepted. We're going to have two defensive touchdowns this first game. That's going to be absolutely insane.
3: Terrible offense doesn't necessarily mean no points. Cause let's talk, let's talk
1: worst case scenario though. Worst case scenario, Miami gets a field goal in the first half. And then second half, we're obviously getting a lot of, uh, a lot of reps for the younger guys. A lot of the studs are coming out of the game. I see Miami being able to put a tutty on the on the board in the second at least half. one. So yeah. now we're looking at 10 points.
3: Bearcats, so 42. Absolutely, Bearcats, 41 and a half. Over under. If these guys can't put up 30-something.
1: They need 40-something. I feel like 40, they need 40-something. They I feel like you you're looking for Dez to put up 40-something.
0: I mean, th- this is a team that honestly legitimately should be scoring 60 to 70 points against Miami. <laughs> Back in the old days, we were beating these first two teams of the year by 60 be, if points. it was a
3: similar, yeah, you know, a similar cupcake that, you, you know, whatever directional school, state, university, <laughs> A&M, coming to Nipper. yes, I. you would You usually think Bearcats would be putting up 60 70 points in a game like I'll that. I'll say this,
1: a lot has is changed. Is
3: Miami enough of a step up in the caliber of team to affect like I said, I'm I'm all about this over I think 50 51 51 and a half. is A
1: lot has changed not <sighs> since gonna be a 2019.
3: Problem. A
1: lot has changed. Bearcats had an undefeated season last year uh, in the regular season and conference title game. But in 2019, September 14th, the Bearcats Beat the Miami Redhawks 35-13. They were up 14-10 at halftime. Lit them up in the third. No points were scored in the fourth. It is a rivalry game. Things get weird in the first game of the season. We need early points. That actually makes me a little more bullish on the over, is the idea that maybe rust, you know, a little lack of cohesiveness first game of the season. You know, maybe the defense does give up 13 points in this game. That's what I'm saying? I, if we, my, even if we I honestly if we take think the over, a chance
0: we're going to take the spread too. So I'm saying par, your parlay, oh. the spread, and the over. Get yourself a little extra money in your pocket. This Absolutely. is not gambling advice.
1: <laughs>
3: Tie up. Just throw the not money. giving Our any advice. If you want to, if you we're want to We're just talking
1: it about things we personally.
3: No. I would never, I would, I would never, never advise, give advice. Hummer's not giving. I would advice. never advise anyone to listen to the three of us, ever, <laughs> wild, regardless wild of any topic or anything. Never listen to us. I mean, anyone. I'm
0: putting a hundred dollars down on Des Ritter to win the Heisman, dude.
1: <laughs> It'd be fun. All right, Sammy, what else are we looking at for season long futures? Anything else you like out there?
3: I, I. The conference title is is something that's like you got to drink a lot of juice, uh, you know, minus 200. But find a thing, find something else you like on the on the season long front, and you know, find something you can pair it with to bring up that that minus 200 number. I just think, like I said, this conference is is in the we. I think we have this one in the back, so. Can I, I don't can I love, lay out I don't love a lot of the season long uh you know options for this team honestly but if I had to pick one that would be it I really plan on you know my UC wagering efforts to come game by game I hope this proves to not be
1: correct and lord knows that I've said plenty of things and made plenty of sports I'm going to
3: keep track of of all of our of our collective action here throughout the throughout the season you know yes. we'll get it we'll get it up there uh written up let, for uh...
1: let me let me let me paint a picture though for what it looks like for des Ritter to actually win the heisman trophy oh please obviously we're, we're going undefeated like regular season wise he's going into indiana getting the dub he's going into notre dame getting the dub but it really can't just be the 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 win win loss total. Like it can't just be running the table for him given how the Heisman trophies handed out these days. And you look at some of the gaudy stats that you've seen from, from Tua from Lamar Jackson, from Mac Jones, he's got to go 40 plus touchdowns. Like he's got to be throwing for probably 25 tutties running for another 15 throwing for 2,500 yards running for close to a thousand yards. I'm not saying it's impossible, But like that is that is a hill to climb. I think he usually gets about 600 yards rushing, 10 rushing touchdowns around, you know, 18 to 20 touchdowns passing, passing in a typical season. All I'm saying is Des. It's not completely unattainable because Des could go up an entire level this season. We don't know. And if he does, it it changes the complexion of of what is actually realistic. But to me, that's the that's the roadmap for a Des Heisman Trophy.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. It's what we've been saying. He needs to vastly improve on what he was struggling with last year. He hits a lot more of those, you know, those wide open Alec Pierce throws and his touchdown totals up by seven just last year alone, you know, but he, that's it, stuff he's going to have to do and he has some teams that he's going to be able to do it against, you know, playing east carolina playing murray state playing miami he's going to have a lot of opportunities to get those stat totals up i think it's also going to come down to how he does play in those big games you know he can't fold under pressure he has to have quality games uh, against indiana against central florida against notre dame Uh, so i mean at the end of the day he doesn't have the worst odds to win you know (laughs)
1: It's definitely a fun one. I mean, they're it's not good for him. It's just, it's just not. Yeah, it's, it's not the worst. It's an uphill battle, but it's a battle like you know what I just described. There is not completely out of the realm of possibilities, not completely out of the realm.
3: All right, Sam. Yes, anything else?
0: Technically, top fifteen. You know, top fifteen on the list. That's he, right. I mean,
3: we could. He could. You know, first uh, being a first round draft pick is is on the table for for this guy.
1: What can you imagine? Just can you imagine
3: Des Ritter walking across Most the, of the stage? Those are the odds I want to see. So let's get some I don't I don't I don't know if we get we got any early, early, early NFL draft odds out there anywhere.
1: I'll sob if Des Ritter gets picked in the first round. I will sob <laughs> like a baby.
3: <laughs>
1: Sam, any final bets you want to make mention of before the season gets
3: underway here? Uh real quick. Something like the the I don't have it in front of me, but the early look aheads for the UC at IU game was uh, something like I want to say the Hoosiers were three point favorites. Mm. So just a mm. little tease to maybe our next our next discussion. Tasty, tasty.
0: Desmond um, Ritter's uh, odds to be selected first overall in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. Are and I don't know if this is on a, an actual. uh It's on sportsbettingdime. dot Is at plus twenty five hundred. So he he has better odds of being the number one overall NFL draft pick than winning the Heisman. All right. <laughs> more evidence that the college playoff committee is rigged. <laughs> they All right, will not so let it be a
1: storyline. <laughs> I want to I want to revisit that one more time though. Like the more I think about this out loud, that's a good. Those are good odds for Des Ritter. This is a this is a top 10 team, number 8 in the country. It's a team that can realistically it has a roadmap to going undefeated and it's with a player who was the offensive player of the year in his conference last season. Yes, the numbers have to go up, but there is like legitimately it, there is a path, there is a pathway for Des Ritter to have a season that would result in Heisman contention, which at 50 to one at plus 5,000 sounding kind of tasty. Yeah.
3: Crazier things have happened.
1: All right. Well, let's, let's kind of hear it at the end here. We'll kind of sum up what our favorites are. I think obviously the Heisman bet for me is, is sounding quite juicy. Um, I've talked myself into it here on the podcast for this week's game against Miami. Sam's already mentioned that he's way over leveraged on the over um and then hummer how are you feeling about things it sounds like you were also feeling very bullish on the bearcats to both i did just think of i did think of
3: one more thing there is one more uh thing i could i could toss to you toss it over all right so how about like the true hummer bet of all hummer bets Cincinnati oh, Bearcats football team, Luke Luke Fickle wins a national championship. What sort of odds do, would you expect? Uh, well, we know the, the odds of... for that one. <laughs>
0: uh, I'd expect them to give us because they Based won't let us m- in. To it.
3: make the playoff was plus twenty two hundred.
0: Yeah, to so it's going to be national
3: it. title. You're looking at plus fifteen thousand.
0: I was gonna say I was gonna say ten, ten, 10 was gonna be be my guess, but hey, you know what, guys? That actually sounds like a little fun one to throw, you know what? Just a dollar on.
1: <laughs> well, let, let please let me hop back in my Jeep Wrangler and let us let me take us down the highway and show you how exactly we get there. Can I show you how we get there? Yes. Cincinnati announces tonight, the university announces that all staff, you know what though, I don't know the timeline on this, but the staff, players, coaches. Uh, employees, students, everyone's got to get vaccinated, right? The the way for us to navigate our Wrangler up this mountain through the treacherous narrow paths on roads that feels like you're going to roll off down the cliff and and crash into a burning fire, the way we're not doing that, the way the season doesn't end like that is by absolute chaos breaking out toward the end of the season. And with the school like Alabama with a leader like Dabo Swinney, Sweeney, hey, those teams could implode from lack of institutional control. Lack of institutional control is not going to be a problem with Luke, Fickle, and the University of Cincinnati leadership team. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying, that is how we get to the top of the mountain.
3: You see that barn they built in their backyard? That man is not going anywhere.
0: Well, we got we got the first we got the first big game of the season next week, right? Georgia playing Clemson, right? I think the first thing you're going to have to see for us to legitimately have a shot is one of those two teams needs to get blown out that first game. So it needs to be an absolute shit show from one of those two teams. And so that way, you know, wait, Well, they, they, they just got beat. They got, they got clobbered. They clearly don't deserve being in the top in the top 10. George is so, going to get
1: smoked. I'm, so, I'm, so they drop them now. George is going to get smoked.
0: So that's kind of what we but need then, to see is some of these teams beating up on each other and losing really bad games or just yeah. getting beat by a lot. Um, and it I think the next one's going to happen. Totally. Ohio state's definitely going to lose a the game. They're going to get smoked by Oklahoma, right? That that's going to have to happen. Uh, so I see two ways that we're all immediately jumping up into the sixth spot and we're just going to be banging on the door. But like you said, they're just going to keep it shut. You know, they're just going to keep it shut no matter what um, they're going to give Ohio state a thousand chances um, to prove that they're a mediocre at best team. Don't go dark.
1: Don't go dark. You're going dark. <laughs> Don't go dark. <laughs> Homer. It's
3: the eve of the season. It's the best time of the year. We're not going dark. All but right, Sammy. I,
1: there is a
0: legit way. I think there's a legit path. And it's just we're, we obviously we're starting at number 8. At number 8 you always need help.
1: Again, this is a top 10 team with a realistic shot at going undefeated. And once you're in the final four teams, look, I know it's been ugly for teams like Notre Dame and Oklahoma once you run into the buzzsaw that is Alabama. I do think that this plan is largely dependent on Alabama you know having having extracurricular uh, infections or whatever, you know, impact their season, external factors, external variables, but that's not impossible. The 2021 Cincinnati Bearcats national championship hopes. It's not impossible. (laughs) Let's leave it there, boys. Sammy, I appreciate you coming on, hitting us with the, uh, Your favorite lines, your favorite uh, odds for the season and for the week. Again, folks, this isn't advice. This is us just talking about things that interest us. We're just guessing some lines, having fun with it. Maybe we like them, maybe we don't. But, Sammy, we're going to have you back on next week to preview the Murray State matchup. Um, Look at kind of what we like, over-unders. If we can get some player props, that's even better. Sir, it's been a pleasure to talk to you this week. Sammy? Sammy? Thanks again for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast.
3: Go Bearcats.